welcome back to another episode of the Empowered Millennials podcast with me, your host, Angela Gentile. Um, as always, you know, I'm so, so super grateful that you guys are here tuning in week after week, um, sometimes multiple times a week, just to hear all of the beautiful things that we're sharing, things that we're learning and diving into. So I'm just really appreciative. And if you are really liking what I'm putting out here and you're loving these guests, please head on over to Apple Podcasts not just five star this baby, but like talk some shit and put your words in the review and write a five star review and write something. It really helps um, with the algorithm and it helps connect like-minded people like you, like me, like all of us find this podcast and find the resources that they need so they can take big, bold, badass action in their life. So thank you so much. All right. Now, friends, let's get into it. Um, Sometimes, you know, we have that moment that shakes us. We have a big wake-up call in our life, and it can be a major catastrophic event or something that is maybe seemingly small, yet still has such a profound impact on the way we are living and causes us to snap, change course, and redirect the way that we're living. And these events beautifully let our ego die as many deaths as it needs to in order for us to find, you know, this real authentic honest way of living for us to stop performing for us to stop shooting all over ourselves and really live a life that we feel called to which is why I am beyond pumped to talk to my dear friend and bring out this incredible human as she talks about her journey um, today we welcome today's guest Mara Mitchell not only is she part of the club of single child free 40 year old women she is truly a powerhouse who helps folks repair their self relationship and transform the enemy within to be your best friend and to be your cheerleader she is a happiness coach based in LA and she specializes in repairing the relationship with the self and leads her clients towards making small authentic adjustments that produce big results and increase in happiness fulfillment and possibilities so y'all, I hope you're hyped up. Her story is incredible and I'm so honored to share. So Mara, my love, welcome to the Hi. show. Yay. Thank you hey, so much girl. for having me. So excited. You're welcome. You're welcome. So this is going to be great. Here. Yeah. I feel like we haven't had like a real, like I know the pieces of the story, but we haven't sat down and like done a, a whole thing. It'll be great. And I think the last time we chatted was when we were like late night in a Britney deep dive TikTok, right? That was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were trying to solve the mystery. Yes. Like, is it yes. AI? Is that really her? <laughs> oh yeah. That's Brittany, a, whole, a whole other episode. <laughs> Britney stands for life though. Like I just, oh, like, yeah. before we start, let's just put it out there. Brit, I hope you are well. I hope everything is okay. I hope this AI is because you are choosing to live a life away from the scene and whatever, you know what I'm saying? Just we're sending you love. <laughs> amen. 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 Brittany forever. Brittany yeah. Forever. Um, so yeah, let's, um, let's kind of chat because I know you have so many instances in this wild ride of life that have gotten you here to this point where you're able to now guide people and direct people in their own self journey to find happiness. But I know that wasn't always um, wasn't always the case. And you talk a lot about like ego death. So if you want to talk about maybe the, the, like, what were you doing where you had this like revelation of like, huh, that has to end, that has to shed, who am I becoming, you know? So, so first off, I just wanted to mention that it is my rebirth day today, my LA anniversary, 20 years ago today, I moved out and 
significant um, because that's that is when I really took my life into my own hands, and uh, it was a big leap of faith. The ego gets a bad rap, right? Yeah, the yeah. ego can serve us. Um, and this in this instance, it was me betting on myself and deciding that I could create a different life. Um, so I want to just preface as I talk about these ego deaths that um, they're all necessary and the ego isn't always bad. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, so I'll tell you about I've had many, I've been fortunate to have many. Um, but what I wanted where I wanted to start is um when when I realized that we can change our lives, I know this might sound so silly. But my first moment of realizing that life didn't have to happen to me, that I could create and make changes and, and decide who I was, that moment came to me in high school. And my life forever changed. So this was the birth of the big ego. Um, mm. And it was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing. But basically, I was overweight in high school and um, I was so emotional. And I was an empath, didn't know the language around all of that. I was codependent, didn't know the language around all of that. And I had these really big, dark, deep emotions that I, for the first time, found an outlet in theater. And all of a sudden, I could publicly share and be celebrated with all of these shadow parts of me, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Somehow, that shifted into uh, me deciding I wanted to become a movie star. And because it was like, oh, all this darkness can make sense, right? Like right. I can connect and, and use it for a positive thing. So, and here's where everything changed. So I read a biography about Marilyn Monroe called Goddess, and she's in the background. She's like my little yeah. angel. Um, and that changed my freaking life because if you're familiar with her story at all, you know, she really created Marilyn Monroe. She was Norma Jean. Um, and and she created this, you know beautiful powerhouse Marilyn Monroe which has its own you know intricacies but so yeah. for me it blew my friggin mind so I also at the same time like I said I was overweight my mom uh joined the gym and she had me go with her and I know it sounds so silly but up until 16 years old I really didn't understand the concept of like choosing what I put into my body or working out I didn't realize we could change things yeah. So I'm reading this book, this biography of Marilyn Monroe, and I'm going to the gym with my mom and I get with a trainer. And basically in a matter of three months, I lose 40 pounds, which was a lot. Oh and I dye God. my hair blonde and it sets off this chain reaction of what else can I do? What else can I be? And so like life was mine for the creating, Yeah, which was awesome but I wasn't really connected to myself. There was a lot of self-abandoning in creating myself, right? Mm. That I didn't realize at the time. Well, that's, so, that's an important piece of it because I think you're having, you're so young, you know what I mean? Like this, this knowing thyself concept, like, yes, in theory, we, we tend to understand that, but just the life experience and the depth, I think isn't 
just biologically possible in our brain chemistry at that age. And plus, you know, girl was the nineties. Like ain't nobody having these conversations around like (laughs) self-love and self-discovery and shit. Like Mm -hmm. it just, you know, like these types of like the knowledge that we were seeking, like there weren't names for it. Like you said in the beginning, codependency, self-abandonment, like we were not talking Mm -hmm. like that therapy. No, we didn't do that. You know what I mean? Like that Mm -hmm. just wasn't even Mm -hmm. on the table. So of course, I think it's natural that, you know, you're changing these things and you're feeling empowered to take action, but action without the self-awareness will always be codependent. Do you know what I mean? Or, or mm-hmm. externally validating, you know uh, what I mean? Nail on the head right there, externally validated. I'm going to write that down just to bring it home later. But yeah, so, so what was interesting in this is that in a lot of ways I was very shy Um, And what's really weird is I saw my potential and I kind of became obsessed with that potential, but I needed, you know, what is the saying? Like if a tree falls in the woods and no one sees it or hears it, it I, I, I needed, I needed that external validation to mirror it back to me or else I didn't. So here we'll, we'll yeah. Like, did I, did I accomplish anything if no one said good job? You know what I mean? Was I really doing anything if yeah. no one noticed? Yeah, I get it. So I became obsessed with my potential, um, but there was this fear denying it um, that I was not fully aware of. And my fear actually used to piss me off It because I was so shy and I was so afraid. Like li- little things, like even going to the grocery store sometimes would really scare me. And mm-hmm. so what I started doing, and I had the best of intentions, was that when something scared me, I made myself do it. But here's the the trouble in that. Sometimes I was unnecessarily traumatizing myself. Mm, Like I'll give you just a little example. I remember being in college, looking out my window and I saw like these really cool hot people in their bathing suits. And I was scared to be seen in my bathing suit in front of them. So. I put on my bathing suit, marched down and like in front of them, but it wasn't coming from like a real place of like, Oh, I want to swim today. It was Mm. like anything that made me scared. I would make myself do so even without rhyme or reason, like you're scared. We're doing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I keep kind of living my life this way. And I get to this one point, I don't know, by a miracle when I'm out in LA, Um, I read a book about assertiveness and I was like, um, just in a really good, like the healthiest I'd ever been. And I ended up building this really beautiful life for myself. Um, I, I played my first show musically and I, and I remember, and this is a key in it. I remember praying before my show, not that people liked it, but praying that I felt like I lived up to my potential, like my vision inside what I was capable of. I did it. And, Mm -hmm. and I remember because of that, the alignment was beautiful and people actually loved the show, which kind of threw me off a little bit because then it kind of triggered the external validation. But that was when my ego was probably at its healthiest Mm. that I had like, quote unquote, created in that moment. So I was out here for a while and, you know, it's really, it's, it's hard to put an expiration date on dreams. Um, because like you're, it's almost like gambling, you know? So it's like, well, I could give up now, but, but what if next week 
you know, there's this huge opportunity or um, there was always like the next yeah. thing. Well, it's, the like, next it's opportunity. like holding on to the fantasy of like, well, yeah. maybe if I yeah. just wait a little bit longer, maybe yeah. it'll come through versus yeah. like the reality of like, is this serving me? Is this mm-hmm. what I want? Is this working? Is this yeah. like all of those like yeah. real profound yeah. self-aware questions. And I had an insane ambition that I hadn't really looked at, but like, like I would work my waitressing job. I would get out of work. I would go to 7-Eleven. I mean, this is gross coffee, but I would go to 7-Eleven. <laughs> and I, mean, I loved it too. It was gross coffee and I loved it. And I'd get a big coffee and I would sit at the time, even I remember like living uh, in a house with 15 people, which is crazy. But, and I remember sitting in the back of my car with my 7-Eleven coffee, writing songs. Like I was so driven. And, um, and like I said, there was always the next thing, next thing, long journey. Of, you know, and at this point it had transitioned from trying to be a movie star to music. Musician. Um, yeah. yeah. And, um, my band broke up. Uh, I lost my home and ended up living with 15 people. My amazing boyfriend and I broke up. Like it was one of those moments where you kind of lose everything. And mm-hmm. I went solo at that point and um was making some of the art that was the truest to me and then right around that time uh my brother was killed in a car accident back in texas mm-hmm. well, and for, like i just want to sit and hold that first i know for you. i know you know i know how like i know that pain um so just thank you for sharing that and i you know, it's always how it goes, right? We hit, we hit these highs, the, the ebbs and flows of life when we're feeling connected to ourselves, And then we hit these like little rock bottom moments. And then we have like the blowout, the blowout, you know? So I just want to send you some love with that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And by the way, this was around, so I moved out to LA when I was 21 and, uh, and this was, shortly after my 30th birthday. So, mm-hmm. you know, nine years of being out in LA and like pursuing this dream. And, um, and what was really hard for me, I mean, all of it was so hard. Uh, but what was really hard for me also was, have I been away from my brother for nothing? Like, Ooh, did I miss? Yeah. yeah, did I miss out on the last right. nine years mm-hmm. of his life yeah. for for nothing? And not that if I had been, you know, quote unquote made it, that wouldn't make it worth it either. But like, you know, the mind is weird. I think that's just what we do when we experience such great pain. We try like, because the stages of grief are are not linear and there's an end point. And then you just like, you know, dust your shoulders off and you're cool again. It's a constant cycle. And I think when we're trying to process like the, the gravity of this pain, we start telling ourselves whatever story we need to tell ourselves to figure out what the fuck is actually going on so if it's I coulda shoulda woulda that's that bargaining Mm -hmm. piece or that negotiation Mm -hmm. piece of like well fuck it none of this is worth it because I missed out and we can we sometimes want to absorb and internalize a lot of the pain because we already feel so deep that the only thing we can feel is pain you know yeah like you said the mind is fucked the mind is weird yeah it it, It it was it was a weird it was a weird little you know because obviously that it, it wouldn't have made a difference but it just I think it added a level of shame to me that like, is this all for nothing? And I missed out on all of that. And uh, just feeling really lost and strange. And, you know, for obvious reasons, also after um, his accident, 
Um, and then I, it's, it's, it's so, okay. So I had this moment right afterward where I literally, I remember I was working at, um, an Irish pub and I went to the bathroom after I, like I stayed in Texas for a little bit. Um, and then when I had come back, I went into the bathroom at this Irish pub and I literally got down on my hands and my knees on the dirty, like bathroom floor. And I prayed and I was like, like, I can't let this be for nothing. Like, I can't, like, I really can't. Yeah. 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 And really crazy is the next day someone approached me and they said, I want to be your manager and I want to pay for you to record an album, which was nuts. Yeah. But that's the, that's the energy. That's the world. That's like, you meant it. Like, and I think when you yeah. take a stand like that and you mean it wholehearted, like you had a guttural, wholehearted like, ask for the universe, the universe can meet you with it. Because when you're wishy-washy, when you're uncertain, when you don't speak it, the world doesn't know what to give you. You know, you spoke it. Well, and, and it was really, one thing that was really cool was it also felt like a gift from my brother. And as mm-hmm. I was writing, obviously I was writing about my grief and I was writing, um, And there was this one song that I literally like channeled from my brother. Like it's written from his perspective to me. And I, it didn't even really make sense to me fully till later. But so there was this beautiful moment of like, um, every time I would play that song, I would like feel his energy and, and, and it, you know, really helped me. So this time is when it kind of took, like it had already taken a little bit of an unhealthy turn. And this one it became a little healthier because uh, it helped me grieve, but it did take a hard turn because I suffered. This is when my mental health really got uh, kicked up. And um, I had I struggled with, um, after my brother died, feeling full. I didn't like to feel full after my brother died. So I started uh, throwing up. Like I would okay, so with binge food, it. So, okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And, um, and so it was this really weird, unhealthy yet sort of healthy because I'm connecting with my brother and doing music and, and, you know, but it, it was this really kind of a dark little shadowy time for me where, and I also, um, was abusing Adderall at the time mm-hmm. and, um, which it's interesting because in the beginning, so I, I was prescribed it and I needed it. And when I took it in a healthy way, it was amazing. And, um, but I, I started to rely on it sort of to get through because of the depression of losing my brother. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I started abusing it. And I just kind of got into a little bit of a dark cycle with things. And um, I'm coming up to my ego death here soon. <laughs> so no, so I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm yeah. in it. I get it. I'm, yeah. I'm like, this is the story. Like I'm yeah. buckled in, girl, buckled in. <laughs> it and so see what I mean though that there's like I don't know it's it's anyway this is just life like when you live a full life like you have a powerful story like what comes after that you know when you're in the talk because grief is just a mind fuck and you're doing whatever you can to survive you know and you're and you're you're feeling and you're like if I literally feel all of the feelings that I feel right now in this moment I I will die I too will die from, from pain, from the heaviness of it. So you do it in a way that feels manageable and that, that you can handle. And, and it, and in that you end up doing things that I don't know, just to cope, to get by, to survive. 
you know? Yeah, it was a very, it was a very, um, and, and I'll tell, so my big wake up moment, because I didn't even realize this, um, and I don't think I would have had it not kind of come to a head. Um, but my, my big wake up moment was I, I went to Austin to perform um, and I was booked, it was like a noon show. And um, it's always triggering for me just in general, you know, when you're from a place, but also now with, um, you know, my brother, like there's just a lot there. Um, and I'm going there to perform and I have this show the weirdest part and again like I'm abusing the Adderall um drinking too much I always had like uh three um uh electronic cigarettes on me like at all times <laughs> like I would like sleep anyway so <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm on stage it was the weirdest thing for me because I was performing great it wasn't a bad performance my performance felt great the response I got was great. It was a huge turnout. Uh, I, I remember someone even put out a tip jar and they were like putting all this money that I wasn't expecting. But by all accounts, was, this is what I'm really grateful for because by no means had I made it or was I famous. But for some reason in this moment, it was enough of that for me to realize I felt so lonely inside I felt so sad inside I was so unhappy where it and it freaked me out because it was just enough for me to realize that if the whole world loves you or things are going your way but you don't have it inside shit you don't feel shit you don't feel it and moment like huge shifted huge and and it was very scary for me because it was a huge ego death because up until that point I didn't realize consciously that my motivation was if I make it I'll be worth something or I'll be loved I didn't realize that right it was so subconscious all of a sudden it's like oh my god everything that I've been sacrificing for doesn't mean anything mm -hmm. right that. Yeah, I get that. Doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. Not going to bring my brother back. It's not going to like, like, no, it's literally not. It doesn't mean anything. And that was so scary to feel. And, and here's, and I'll tell you the honest truth that I'm really grateful for. If I had been more, like if I had been famous or if more people were benefiting from my art, I think I could have easily kept that, uh, you know, toxic, uh, you know, thing going, cause it would have felt like it was worth something, but it was like, like for some reason it was the perfect level for me to like see through the illusion. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's where people get caught up. They get caught up in the, like whatever, whatever version of a golden handcuff, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whether it's like mm -hmm. the, the praise that's feeding the ego, that's filling the void, that's like masking the wound. And that can be in the form of money, of, of praise, of adoration. Mm -hmm. It could be a whole litany of shit. But at the end mm -hmm. of the day, like, is it really fulfilling? Because there's a fucking sieve somewhere in your life and your energy and mm -hmm. your heart and your body where all of that is just being depleted. And because it's so constant, you might not even realize how drained you actually are, you know? Yeah, 
it, it, it was it was horrible and what's really weird is it was like a slow ego death it was one of those things that like once you see you can't unsee yeah and I, I and understand whole, yeah <laughs> and my whole way of being like it's almost like my energy because because here's the thing it actually felt good to be so obsessed that when I get out of my waitressing job I go sit in the car like that's fun it's fun like having all that purpose and direction and and insane ambition was actually fun and like so all of a sudden it was like yeah what am I doing <laughs> what what am I doing what do I do and it took a few years um for for this ego death to happen um, so you rec- so you recognized it but you were like I'm unfulfilled this isn't it and I'm and you're still in it like perform the same after that yeah interesting and that's and that that sucked because it was almost like I wasn't in control of it uh like it was like like that's kind of what I mean once I saw it I couldn't see it and Mm -hmm. I didn't I no longer cared as much because I I saw through it and like so I was kind of and um and really strange to see the ego that I had built crumble and to go through moments that like would have like okay just for instance this is dumb but um no I'm horrible at, no no this is dumb <laughs> but I'm horrible I'm horrible at karaoke and since I used to write music and sing everyone just assumes I'm gonna be great I'm awful like so bad and so <laughs> bad that my old ego would like not let me do it but I would purposely because it didn't matter like I remember at one of my friends bachelorettes like doing karaoke and I sucked like like it was like every and it was like I can suck at, at, that's yeah. okay. I can, yeah. like, I can, like, it was so weird though. It was, it was so weird and it took a while and I, I got off the, the Adderall, um, which was interesting. That gave you more clarity too, you know? It... Well, it's interesting because, um, and, and this is something I actually, like I said, I think if I had taken it as prescribed healthy, otherwise, I actually think it really helped me. Um, I decided to go off of it because unfortunately, once I had crossed that line with it, um, if I took it, it immediately made me feel guilty or like I was abusing it. So even if I took the the dosage that was healthy for me, I just, I couldn't. So um, going off the Adderall actually was really hard because I did quote unquote need it. And, Mm -hmm. um, and it took me about three years to find a natural substitute mm-hmm. and um and that was awful but finally now like I have I have like a blend of supplements that I take and yep they're amazing um but but uh clarity came well and it's also nicotine so nicotine was the hardest thing I ever quit that was the <laughs> hardest like I literally punched <laughs> a bridge but um <laughs> I did but um allowing myself to quote unquote die and allowing like I gained a bunch of weight which isn't a big deal at all but like from the old perspective that would have been scary and I would have felt out of control but thank god I didn't um and and I I just let myself heal and it took years 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 yeah because when we stop masking and we stop medicating and we just sit in the shit that we maybe haven't been fully feeling 
you know, because like I said, I think when we feel it all at one time, but we've done the majority of the feeling and then we're sort of left with like there's residual shit and I'm ready to connect the patterns. I'm ready to connect the dots of like how all of what I'm feeling and all of this is connected. And I'm going to allow myself to just be without the performance, without the accolade, without the should, without the expectations that I'm just going to allow myself to be here. But who is it? Yeah. What do I want? Who am I? Like all of those profound questions that you're like, everything that I thought I was doesn't really fit right now. So what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, who am I? <laughs> yeah. You know, it was really, it was really strange. And so for like, th- it was, it ended up being longer than three years, but for a good three years, I just worked as a waitress and went to the doctor and yeah. bought myself. Like, I just literally took care of myself for three yeah. years with no, um, no, aspirations except for taking care of myself and it felt really good and really necessary and it ended up being longer than three years but for three years that was like my just main focus um because before then I would only buy new clothes to go on stage I would like everything was around about the business yeah Yeah. everything was about performing it wasn't actually about what what I needed or what was best for me and I'm going to, I actually want to segue into another little story that's going to pay off. Okay. <laughs> Love it. So a, it. around this, around this time, uh, a little before this time, like maybe a year before my big ego death, I used to also be very selfless. Like I would give people everything mm-hmm. and, um, and I don't, and I actually don't regret it because I think it was a beautiful way of living my life, but now I choose to live differently. But um, at one time, I remember when I was living in the house with 15 people, uh, one of my roommates asked to borrow $200. And I knew 100% they were not going to pay me back for the $200. But I decided I was going to give them the $200. And this this was like the beginning of my healing, genuinely. I got mad at myself. It was like mm-hmm. the little me was like, are you fucking serious? You're mm-hmm. going to give this. She's nice. She's nice. But you're going to give this girl $200. But you won't spend $200 on me. Yeah, you're you just going to throw away. To give. Yeah. 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 And that was the first time I really felt this self that's going to make sense later. But that was the first time where I was like, Oh my gosh. And I remember I made a deal with myself. I said, I will spend at the time I really wanted uh, clothes and uh, $200 at forever 21 could go a long way. So I made a deal with myself. I said, okay, I will spend $200 on you at forever 21. And I did. And it changed my life. Like that was like one of the beginnings of my healing. Uh, Yeah. So, so, all this, this happens. I'm just taking care of myself for a while. And this was when my life really started to change. Um, there's a hypnotherapist, Marissa Peer, and you can buy her programs online. And I'm a really good self, like I can buy like a thing and I will do it. So I bought her program and I started hypnotizing myself. And one of the, the uh, sessions is like all about self-love. Mm. I'm so intrigued this, right now. <laughs> this was another, this was when my life started to really change, but like on a very subtle, like, but huge level. I didn't realize when other people were not treating me with love because I didn't have self-love. 
Yeah. So I would accept, like I said, I would give everything and I would accept everything. Um, and from that hypnosis, that was when I realized I deserved love and I started to be conscious of love. So that and me getting jealous of myself for giving money to the friend, this was all of a sudden where this like this mm. yeah. came and, and here's where I'm going with this. What healed me and, and what put me uh, into my current career was, you know, everyone always says self-love, self-love. What does that mean? Literally, yeah. Yeah. It's literally a relationship between two different people. The witness part of you and the like little like, like kid feeling part of <laughs> yeah. you, right? Yeah, the you wounded know, part and the yeah. healed part. Or, like or all, yeah. whatever, whatever, yeah. Whatever, yeah. whatever age you are, whether it's inner teenager, inner, you know, yep. child, whatever, we're all having a party in there. But I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't realize it literally is between like two different people. So I was using my like witness parent self and parenting around me or like being codependent with my career, but I was not taking care of actual Mara, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I started doing all of these uh, self-love exercises, um, like a lot with like getting triggered or with the heart or just even asking like, what do you want? What do you need? Like doing little check-ins with myself and my life did a 180. Yeah. Yeah. Because so much, and, and what's so funny is like, like, I mean, I'll just tell you a stupid example. I remember one time I, um, <laughs> actually this isn't quite as stupid, but I remember one time I was really going through my feels and I did the check-in of like, what do you want? What do you need? How can I give that to you? And the message that I got was I need to go cry in the shower. Yeah. Then I want you to wrap me up like a human burrito, <laughs> lay on the couch and feel God in the universe holding you. Yeah. Okay. I did it. My life changed. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're listening. So like, you're listening. Like something. I mean, and it's even been like one time it was like, I need you to turn the AC really cold, get a sparkling water and watch 30 minutes of your favorite show. Like, like it's so crazy how like just little self healthy self-soothing can change yeah. your whole world like happiness yeah. isn't always like I need to be a movie star I need to you yeah, know well, that's like, that's the ego that's the push that's yeah. someone else's that's someone else's interpretation of what they told us our life should be and then that's us trying to live up to this standard so that we can get love connection support belonging all of those like human needs but I think when you're doing what you're saying of like huh what do I want? There's an inherent sense of belonging we feel when we start taking care of the self. There's an inherent self of worthiness when we actually, like we actually have the power to feel that all by our damn self without having to get up on stage, without having to buy anything, without having to have anybody's approval, without anyone's like, you know, relationship. Like we can, we can do this all by ourselves. Like we have the power to be everything that we need. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think within reason, of course, we need human connection and love right, and support yeah, and all yeah. that. But you know what I'm saying? Like the foundational shit, we have it all. We already have it all. And I, I think that's why I think your story and your journey can be like such the foundational piece to, for somebody to listen to, to be like, you know what? I can do this. Like I hear everything that you're saying and feeling like kind of lost and having that performative aha moment of like, I don't even want to do this. I'm on top of my game making the most money I have. Yeah, I look yeah. great. I'm 
checking all, like, I think that's a good sign, right? Checking all the boxes and I still hate it here. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good sign that, that things aren't, things ain't it. You know, there was a quote that was like going around on Instagram or whatnot, like about a year ago. Um, And it's, uh, we chase from our wound. We choose Mm. from our worth. Ooh, say that again. Mic drop. Yeah. There's always a mic drop like in the episode with everybody. So that's, say that again. Wait, that's good. Yeah. Y'all listen, turn it up, put a pin in this bookmark it. Go ahead. So we we chase from our wound. We yeah. choose from our worth. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think that is kind of what really changed for me is that I didn't realize I was. Oh, because this is another thing actually that I want to touch on because I think it's something that's very prevalent in our society. Yeah. Another motive motivation, you know how something really bad will happen to you and people say like, oh, you had to go through that in order to become this person. Mm-hmm. Right? Which which there is some validity to that. However, what I didn't realize too, and I have chills as I'm saying this, is there were some things that I went through like in my childhood that I didn't realize in a weird way I was like tallying with the universe or with God, like you owe me because I went through that and they have to be wrong about me. Like I didn't deserve to be treated like that. Right. That was wrong. That was bad. So in order for that to make sense, I need to make it. I need to be something amazing because otherwise I'm just left with that wound. Yeah, it just needs to be vindicated. It's like vindication somehow. Yeah, like, it's like it, like for the yeah yeah. In order for it to be valid, and and in order for you to be enough, and for for all of that to make sense of like why it happened, there has to be some sort of like sparkly castle. <laughs> you know, and it's really funny like, too. Yeah, well, just even like the you know the concept of like revenge body. Like after a yeah. breakup, like you have your, you know, which like, whatever, if it's in the spirit of fun and you, you feel good, yes, revenge body. But like, I think that just that idea of like proving your worth, I, it's, it's so much better when you know your worth mm-hmm. because then we can discern those situations that are healthy or unhealthy, or then we can like have the rejection, yeah. like, yeah. And, and it's not our whole being or, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, I do. If, if, if I'm happy inside and I'm on stage and everyone's loving it, yay. If I'm happy right. inside, I'm on stage, everyone's hating it. Okay. Like, also, yeah. yay. Also, yeah. yay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's, that's true. Like when you do the revenge body, it's like, I'll show you. Well, are you, then you're doing this because there's something maybe within you of like, I hate myself or I'm not worthy to keep a man like that or whatever. So I'm going to the gym out of self hate versus. I'm, I'm moving my body and I want to take care of myself because I love honor and respect every ounce of my being. I'm not, cause girl, I was the queen of working out out of self-hate. I was like, I thought I could outwork the self-hate. I thought I could six pack my way to happiness. Uh You know what I'm saying? Uh And then I would like come home and like damage myself and like have the worst like inner dialogue ever with my like size zero pants. Yeah. Not that ain't it. I was working out on self-hate. So I do, you know, I want to be mindful of our time. So now that you're in this place um, of feeling like, oh my God, like 
like, you know, when you just get it and you're like, I want to bring people into the promised land. Like I, like I have the seat, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like you've got yeah, crack, yeah. <laughs> like you've cracked the code and you're like, I have been through the fucking bullshit. And I've, I understand these little, little lessons that I have learned along the way have now given me the arsenal to be able to like turn around and bring people up to the journey and through the journey to meet me here in this like promised land place. So what are you doing now? That's like with your work as a coach and everything to help people yeah. with these relations to go through what they're going through, to be able to find more joy and happiness and alignment in their life. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to answer that in one second. First, I wanted to say one thing that I think is really cool though, is I have found the key is to give a fuck and not give a fuck at the same time. And it's a beautiful balance of both. And um, I know exactly what you mean when you yeah. say that. <laughs> yeah, it's like you I give do. a fuck, but you don't give a fuck. So as far as bringing people into the promised land, um, with with what I've learned, I think the biggest thing uh, is creating a secure attachment to ourself, mm -hmm. right? Like working with the nervous system and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, uh, I'm sorry, can you repeat the last, last part of your question? Just, Was it, how do I, how of, do I bring them? Yeah. Like, what are you doing in your work that, you know, because yeah. you've been through what you've been through and how are you yeah. bringing people like with your coaching to a, a place of more alignment, a, a place of more joy, like out of the shit yeah. and, into, yeah. <laughs> and into the light, I guess, you know? Absolutely. So, so yeah. So, um, I start with a lot of nervous system work and that secure attachment to the self. And then just kind of bringing everything up with with no judgment, um, which I think is really important because a lot of times we suppress stuff because mm -hmm. we judge it as frivolous, we judge it as petty. What so like just bringing all the things up, yeah, yeah. all of it. Um, and you know, we all have ultimately the answers within ourselves or within our consciousness. A lot of times we just need someone to help us give ourselves permission mm -hmm. to access them and to live them. And so, you know, more than anything, I think I, I always kind of say that it's like I scuba dive with people. So like I go scuba diving <laughs> and you're subconscious and like we see a rock that you always look at, but you're looking at it from that side and I can see it from this side. So, you know, I'm going to tell you what I see. You tell me what, what you see and, and then it evolves. So just kind of bringing to light because I believe that change is 90% awareness yeah. and, and allowing it to be gentle with actionable steps, but really just, I guess, holding that space and partnering. Yeah. With and I love what you said discovering. about, I love what you said about permission. Yeah. I think as, 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 as women, as people too, maybe this just isn't an isolated gender thing, but we we sometimes have been told that our feelings don't matter our needs our dreams you know um because of one time when maybe we expressed ourselves or we didn't feel safe to express ourselves so being able to have permission to say no i don't want this this mm -hmm. life that i've curated that i'm in that doesn't bring me joy even though i'm making x amount of dollars a year i have this house and this car and i live here and i do this all those box checking things to be able to have permission to say that's not it. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, yeah. And permission to burn down whatever you need to fucking burn down. It's all good. If it's not working, let's burn it down. Here are the matches. I love it. Amen. <laughs>
I love it. Yeah. Hand out matches. I should start giving that for Christmas presents to everybody. Here are your fucking matches. <laughs> Burn those bridges. Burn it down. <laughs> Just what's not what's not serving you, right? The de- the exactly, ego death. Yeah. The things that mm-hmm. need to with with love die and be left behind Mm -hmm. and it's not out of anger it's just out of that's not serving me and i'm gonna leave that here thank you so much god bless and like keep keep moving you know so i love Mm -hmm. i love the concept that you're saying about about permission so thank you thank Thank you you. this has been awesome (laughs) yeah this has been great um such a powerful story and i know people are listening to being like yep i resonate deeply with some of the things that you said you know um, so thank you for sharing that and, and I just appreciate it. I appreciate you. Yay, All right, you. my friend. So you. yeah. Okay. Trivia time. <laughs> yeah, this is it. I know everyone's like, are you sweating? Like people freak out. I am. I am. Yeah. It's, no, it's, <laughs> we're going to play a game. Mara, how millennial are you? It's a series of three questions. They progressively get harder. Everything is serious and the points are real. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm ready. Yeah, this is it. This is going to be it. All right. So um, here's your first question. What links these clues together? Singer, soul, pop, back to black, and friend. Yes. See? Got it. (laughs) Got it. Okay. Question two. A little bit harder. A little bit harder. What popular 90s sitcom was a spinoff of Cheers? Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. I watched weird shows, so I don't know. Okay. A spinoff of Cheers. So there were characters in Cheers and then they got, yeah. And then it was like a, a long running show. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but yeah. There were characters on right? No, but like in that realm. In that realm. Okay, I don't think I watched this. I don't think I watched whatever show this is. Okay, just a second. Hold on. I'll pick I'll take another shot in the dark. Another gander. Came from Cheers. Came from Cheers. Think of the characters. I I didn't watch Cheers. I'm I'm this is bad already. Okay. Came from Cheers. This 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 it's not I know it's not designing women, but that's like But you're like you're like so close. It's like in that realm of like of that archetype. Oh oh oh. Bob, what's her name on it? Um, um uh, what's her name? Brooke Shields on it? No. Oh my god, did it? No, no, no. Okay, I don't know what I'm talking about. Tell me, Frasier. Okay, okay. I didn't watch. Yeah, I didn't. I watched some yeah. like weird shows back in the day. I didn't. Okay. Yeah. Frasier. I was like, I was just, I never watched Frasier, but like I did watch Cheers, but never Frasier. And I yeah. just remember like Frasier and Lilith, weren't they? Yeah, I don't know. All right. I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. Okay. Bad millennial. Okay. Next I, question. Yeah. Horrible millennial. <laughs> Horrible. Okay. So this is the hardest. This is the hardest question. The hardest. Okay. Uh oh. Yep. You're going to have to put these Tom Cruise moments in chronological order. Okay. okay. So okay, famous, gonna... famous Tom yeah. Cruise. Yeah. Write it down. Yeah. Write it down if you need yeah. to. Um, married Katie Holmes. Okay. Dated Penelope Cruz. Oh, crap. Okay. Played Les Grossman in Tropic Thunder. Jumped on Oprah's couch. 
chronological order, starting with the earliest. Ready? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say um, Penelope Cruz was the earliest. Okay. And then I don't remember if he jumped on the couch celebrating their marriage or no, no. I'm going to say jumped on the couch, then married uh, Katie and then Tropic Thunder. See you later. You got all those right, girl. That was <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's right. Was he, cause that's when he was having his like meltdown moment was about her, but like, but I don't think they had married yet. Was it like, about I her? It like, right. I love her. It was yeah, about those her. Right. Oh yeah. It was like, I just remember him going like, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> like fist bump. Yeah. Like we did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yep. That was correct. So two out of three, you can keep your millennial status. Congratulations. Yay. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and one more question, my friend. What yeah, does it mean yeah. to you to be an empowered millennial? You're putting you on the spot. To, you know. Yeah, to um, break out of culture, of our society's culture norms. Perfect. Yeah. Bust yeah. out the box. Love it. Yeah. And, yeah. and more than that, I think even like um, this, you know, obviously people have done it before us. It's not just a millennial thing, but I think it is very millennial. But like just um, being able to be ageless, I feel like like there's a lot of people that are ageless. I think everyone is really ageless. It's just culture and society that kind of is like, oh, and yep, so you're 40, hang idea, it up. Yeah, that's it. Just this idea of like, I am me. Like when I was younger, I was older. And when I'm older, I'm younger. I'm just like whatever I am in my essence. So yeah. like that, yeah. Yeah, I love, oh, I love that. No one has said that yet, yeah. but I, I feel that. I feel that they're your ageless. Like, what does it even mean? Yeah. Like, there's no, yeah. again, and that goes back to the box that people want to put you in. Like, you're 40, uh -huh. you should be like yeah. in elastic waist and driving a minivan. <laughs> and I mean, I am in an elastic waist right now, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, my friend. Well, plug what you got to plug. Like, what do you have going on? Where can people find you? Anything you're launching? Tell us everything. Yeah. Um, so, the best place to find me is Instagram at I am Mara Mitchell. And um, for the month of October, I'm actually uh, doing 90-minute deep dive sessions for $55. Oh, shit. That's a steal. Yeah. Yeah. Deal. Yeah. So it. that's what I've got going on in October. Um, I also am going to be doing, I do a little six-week glow up. It's seven sessions. I'm not sure when I'm going to start the next one, uh, but I've done three so far and they're amazing. And it's one-on-one -on -one coaching. I start them all kind of at the same time. Uh, but you don't, it's just you and me, uh, but it's a six week glow up mind, body, and spirit probably going to be starting that maybe in November. I haven't picked out the timing, but that is coming soon. Cool. The fourth so round. They can just follow you and make sure that yeah, follow me can... and yeah. 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 <laughs> and they'll get all the information. I love that. Yeah. I love that. All right, my friend. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story and inspiring oh. all of us and for sharing your rebirth anniversary yeah thank LA, you no, la anniversary no better way, no better <laughs> well, thank way. You so much yeah all thank right you. thank you thank you thank you and thank you everybody for listening for tuning in to another episode i appreciate y'all and as always go be epic What's up, baby? Here is your reminder that you have a chance to win. For the month of October, you have a chance to win a free 50-minute breakthrough session with me, your girl, where we can co-create your roadmap to your goals so that you can get unstuck, 
feel so confident and seen and truly go after the life that you want. Pretty valuable shit, you know? Here's what you got to do. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, write a review, and give it five stars. Screenshot it, share it on IG, and tag the Empowered Millennials and you are in. So don't forget, leave your review and get in on this epic offer.